From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Daniel Sellerson. D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra. Yeah. And the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Daniel Salerson. Happy Labor Day weekend, everybody. Hope you are having a nice and relaxing weekend filled with family, friends, food, and football. Hi again, everyone. I am Daniel Salerson, a.k.a. Producer Dan. Sean Kelly and John DeShazer have the weekend off. This week was a short week for the Saints as they finished the preseason in Miami on Thursday with a 24-21 loss, but finished the preseason at 3-1 and and now get ready for week one next Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. We had a lot of good guests on this week, some previewing Thursday Saints games. We also talked some baseball, college football, and we had some Pelicans talk this week, which will feature some of those interviews on today's show. Today's lineup includes Pelicans forward Lance Thomas, New York Times writer Richard Sandemir, and Pelicans head coach Monty Williams, who is in Africa right now with the Basketball Without Borders program. Don't forget, you can tweet us at Black Blue Report, or you can tweet Sean at Sean Kelly Live, and you can tweet me with only compliments at D. Salerson. Each show this week started at noon central, so we would love to hear your feedback on whether you like the start time of 12 o'clock or if we should go back to 1 p.m. Let's get right to the interviews. When we come back, Sean sits down with Pelicans forward Lance Thomas on the best of the Black and Blue Report. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints, we're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around, we got this. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. The offseason for your New Orleans Pelicans has been exciting with all-star Drew Holiday and former Rookie of the Year Tyreek Evans being added to a lineup headlined by Anthony Davis and Ryan Anderson. Now, with the release of half-season and 12-game plans at varying price levels, there truly is a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $13 per game and feature the best seat locations to see all-star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. Visit Pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today. 
Hey, New Orleans Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning black and gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Punt, pass, kick, and dunk. Plow to the rim, alley-oop dunk, Anthony Davis. This is the Black and Blue Report. Last Thursday, the Pelicans re-signed Lance Thomas to a new deal. And on Monday's show, Sean Kelly caught up with a former Duke Blue Devil. We get to talk some NBA on this Monday morning, and we get to talk with one of our old good friends who's back in the fold, and that's Lance Thomas, who earned another NBA contract last week. And he joins us here between workouts on this Monday morning. Lance, congratulations. I know a lot of fans in uh, in New Orleans are excited to have you back with the Pelicans. Oh, thank you. I'm so honored to be back with the team and represent the city. I'm so excited. It's been a bit of a roller coaster ride this summer, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. It's been, uh, it's been a lot. I've been working really hard this summer. Um, you know, we had, had a good summer league. Uh, and, uh, you know, I got waived, so I was uh, very blessed and uh, just happy, very, very happy that I, you know, was able to get signed back with the team. It's another tell, dream come true for me. Tell me about the summer league experience, because I think it did you a lot of good in a situation where the future was rather fuzzy, to say the least, that you decided to stick with that team out there and work through the situation. Did that? Do you think that ultimately helped you land a roster spot? Yes, uh, it's just easy, you know. Um, you know, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. So, you know, I stuck with my guys. I've been to war with these guys for the past two years, and there's no way I was gonna, you know, let them, you know, well, not play with them. You know, we've been working on together hard all summer, so um, it was it was a no-brainer for me to stay and work out and play with those guys. Yeah, Lance Thomas had about two and a half points per game, about two rebounds per game last year for the uh, Hornets at the time. Lance, uh, you know, you you've been through two difficult years with the Hornets. Now the Pelicans change the name, the logo. They get a whole bunch of new talent into the uh, into the system. Can can you can you at least help us understand what it's going to be like for you to be able to having gone through the rough times to maybe now be a part of the next big step? I'm very excited about that. Um, like you said, I've been here. You know when things weren't as good as you know we wanted it to be, but I mean you got to go through tough times to get to where you want to go to. And you know we we had uh, you know a rough. Well, I had a you know a rough two years with the team as far as the timing of when I came to the team. But uh, now I mean our work habits are still the same. We're just you know we're up at everything right now. We're working as hard as possible. Like you said, we implemented some new pieces, and uh, everybody's excited. I'm I'm really excited. Uh, I know everybody on the team's excited. You can just tell from the uh, level of intensity in the workouts. Like you said, I'm in between workouts now. I'm headed to the LA to get my second workout with the guys. And the the heightened awareness and the attention to detail is so much more enhanced right now. Everybody's fully bought in, and I'm excited. I, I really can't describe it right now. You mentioned you're going to the Alario Center to work out this morning. I guess that's only for, what, another week or so? What are your thoughts about the new practice facility? Oh, it's going to be great. Um, I, I know it's going to be great. Uh, from what I saw, I haven't been there yet, but from what I saw and what I heard, I heard it's uh, top-notch. So I'm looking forward to you know getting in there and uh, using all the new equipment and you know just get, getting used to you know seeing all the, uh, the Pelicans, uh, you know, labels and everything like that. I'm, I'm excited for it. 
Lance Thomas, our guest here this morning on the Black and Blue Report. Hey, Lance, other than the excitement of a new season about to begin, you know, what is the topic of conversation amongst you guys right now in August? We want to win. Um, we really want to win. Everybody's doing, you know, just trying to do a, a little bit more than what we usually do just to, you know, make sure that we're ready. Um, you know, guys are staying after and getting extra shots. Guys are running harder. Uh, guys are paying more attention to detail and coaches, you know, just when we're just, we're just, paying attention it's it's right now it's more ran by the players we're actually you know just governing our own thing like we're, we're really pushing each other you know we have some really good vets on the team who are you know pushing and making sure everything's ran the right way and it's it's just good to have everybody here and just working on who is who is leading this team right now i mean when you talk about vocal vets i mean help us put some names to faces here who who's kind of leading the charge right now um jason's uh working with us right now everybody we just you know we have everybody here. Well, most of the players are here. Right? We're we're working really hard. We have, uh, you know, myself is here. You know, Anthony's picking up more of a leadership role, which is really good to see from a young player. Um, he's really he's really, really really putting a lot of work this well. He did this summer, and he's even more, uh, you know, into it now. So it's exciting to see a young player with his talent um, just pushing like the way he is. I'm very excited. Is there a big surprise in the offing here? Is there something about this new collection of players that? that maybe we don't know yet that, that we'll start to see in perhaps October? We have a tough group of guys. Um, I've been, you know, I've played a lot of basketball. And I, I've seen, you know, a lot of guys, you know, who have who have a lot of talent who aren't tough. Uh, we have a really, really tough group, and uh, that's a testament to how those guys, how our guys are, but it's also a testament to how Coach Monty, uh coaches us. So um, a lot of the, you know, a lot of how Coach Monty is is uh, definitely rubbing off on the team, which is good, so. Uh, at the, the very least, we're going to have a very tough team that's going to go out and play hard like we have year in and year out. Hey, last thing for me, I know that NBA players love to try and add something to their game every summer, whether it be something on the floor, something about the way they go about their, their craft. What have you worked on this summer that perhaps we'll see that's different from you? Um, for me, you're, you're going to definitely see the energy and the uh, the defensive presence, but I've been working on a lot of, uh, you know, getting a lot stronger, um, being able to consistently knock down open shots and um, working on getting in a lot better shape because uh, when I get in, I want to be able to guard the other team's best player and make my mark on the defensive end. So in order to do that, I think uh, me just being in the best shape possible is going to be very beneficial to myself and the team. Yeah, I think that's going to make Coach Williams proud. You still doing the Twitter thing there, Lance? Yeah, I'm still on Twitter. Oh, and, and your handle is? Uh, it's at Slang Magic. Uh, that's my Instagram. I mean, the uh, Twitter handle. Right All there. right, there you go, fans. You can follow Lance uh, at, at Slang Magic. Lance, good to talk to you. Enjoy your workout today. We can't wait to see you in camp here in about, what, a month? How about that? I'm excited for it. Thanks a lot, Sean. I appreciate it. Appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. When we come back, we will turn our attention to college football. Richard Sandemir joined us this week to talk about his series of articles on how ESPN has taken over college football. You'll hear that interview next right here on the Best of the Black and Blue Report. What makes Auctioner Primary Care such a great choice? Is it because we have 38 health centers throughout the region, some with evening and weekend hours available? Or because we accept close to 50 different insurance plans? Could it be because we offer My Auctioner? which gives you and your family secure online access to your health records, test results, prescription renewals, even emails with your doctor? 
or that you'll be connected to seven hospitals with 2,500 affiliated physicians who can handle everything from the common to the complex, so you'll never have to wonder if you made the right choice. Actually, what you may like the most is... Yes, we have a location near you. Expertise and convenience. Great reasons to choose an Auctioner primary care physician. To find one near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get text messages with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans mobile alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. It certainly felt good to watch some college football on Thursday and Friday. And I'm sure everyone is watching some as we speak. With the TV on mute, of course, so you can be listening to this Black and Blue Report. Richard Sanamir of the New York Times teamed up with two others to write a three-part series on how ESPN rules the college football world. On Wednesday, he was nice enough to call in and talk about the articles with Sean Kelly. Our conversation this week about college football continues, and maybe even uh, at a more intellectual turn here. And We're very pleased to have Richard Sanamir from the New York Times with us today. Uh, if you're not aware, the New York Times... And Richard Sandomir, along with a, in a collaboration with two others, James Andrew Miller and Steve Etter, have put together a fantastic three-part series regarding ESPN's influence, not only over the world of sports, but specifically how it's influencing college football and college athletics at this time. And at this time, we welcome in Richard. And congratulations. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Uh, and congratulations, Richard, on a fine piece of work. This is really, really good stuff. Not that I would expect anything else from you in the New York Times. Well, it's a lot of hard work, but we're glad it turned out as well as it did. The, uh, the headline of, of the first part of the series is college football's most dominant player, it's ESPN. And you guys lay out an argument that makes it quite clear that ESPN basically, it seems, is running the modern college football era right now. Well, you know, you, you, you've, you've got to understand that uh, because it hasn't had many competitors over its 34-year history, it's not a surprise that they took advantage of what essentially was a vacuum to uh, get the rights to nearly every uh, conference that's relevant to them. And over the years, uh, certainly when they only had two networks, they, there was this feeding frenzy to get the exposure, for colleges to get exposure on these networks. This is exposure they never got before, but then as, as more and more conferences wanted to get in on the, on the games, on, on, the, on the game times, uh, ESPN spread the uh, expanded the schedule to every, almost every other weeknight, and that created even more of a feeding frenzy. But ESPN, it, 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 in a way, we were kind of um, 
proving what people, what a lot of people assumed that uh, that they, like other networks, have can choose games between six and twelve days before game time. Uh, it's just that the other networks that have those rights don't have as many rights as, as ESPN does. So it's it's I, I think we prove by showing you know how ESPN kind of uh, midwives games years in advance how. It's their own software where you know colleges uh, you know check in to see what games are available, and it's this guy Elon, their chief scheduler, who you know keeps tabs on all of this at all times, and they have a bunch of kind of middlemen who uh, talk to colleges and say, you know, there's a spot open against this college three years from now, and it'd be a good uh, it'd be a good combination for the two of you. So you know, it's it's a fascinating world when you have so many rights. I guess Richard, I come from the point of view that. I believe that college football is not the altruistic in Denver uh, that they would love to make themselves out to be, that it truly has changed and it is a money-making machine. So from that point of view, though, I guess I find myself torn. I I don't think that this isn't all a bad thing, having ESPN um, be such a benefactor for college football, but yet I do worry a little bit. Well, you know, there are plenty of reasons to worry about college football or college sports in general, and we we see this whole thing with uh, Johnny Manziel and, uh, and all the various things that NCAA has investigated, whether they've done that well or not, is, is, is not for me to decide. But, uh, you know, when you have so many rights, uh, you're going to wonder, you know, who's in control. And, you know, uh, they have nearly all the, they carry nearly all the bowl games, but I don't think a lot of people knew that they own nine bowl games. They own them, lock, stock, and barrel. Uh, and, you know, you, you know, as the amount of bowl games has increased, uh, I think in my time covering TV sports, it's, it was 15 at one point, now there are 35 games, I think there might be even more by now, and, you know, other networks used to have bowl games, and, you know, I think they have 33 of the 35 between ABC and all the ESPN entities, so it's an astonishing kind of collection that they've built in a way, in some ways, without a whole lot of competition until recently. And the competition, you can see, you know, they share uh, Pac-12 uh, and, and Big 12 rights with, with Fox. And Fox now is, you know, has, has, is in a way following the ESPN model, but they have a lot of, uh, a lot of catching up to do. Richard Sandemir from the New York Times, our guest. Richard, this may already be happening, but when I read work like you've done here and have some feeling of how it works at the ground level, one can't help but think but wonder if athletic departments shouldn't have their own lobbyist, if you will, <laughs> toward Bristol. Uh, you know, whether you want to give it in relation to a corporation with regard to government work, it seems to me that now it could almost be justified to have a position as a lobbyist for ESPN. Well, uh, I don't know about that. You know, you'd think that the athletic directors and the, and the, and the conference commissioners would be the lobbyists who who are all, you know, who are, who are in essence saying, well, you should choose our game. You should, you know, they, they do what lobbyists do uh, if you want to make that comparison and function. But, uh, you know, ESPN pays money for the rights, sometimes billions of dollars, sometimes just a few million. But they have the contracts give them the right to do these things. So, uh, you know, they, for years they tried to get to Pac-10 when it was still 10, to uh, to do uh, you know nighttime games and they've only in recent years reluctantly agreed okay we have new uh, you know Larry Scott's now the commissioner and they're doing it more and more because they realize they have to be in that mix you know the early pitch to colleges to try to do Thursday nights which was the first breakthrough was you will have 
the college football world to yourself. You won't be crowded onto a stage with you know all these games that play on Saturday afternoons, and then that that pitch expanded and expanded and expanded to, to the various days of the week where they obviously have regular primetime competition, but the world of college sports is looking at those games. So you know they they've been. Uh, I don't think anybody should blame them for, in a way, make, taking advantage, capitalizing on all the rights they have to position all the games for the time frames that they, that they feel are best suited for ESPN. Um, that's, as a rights holder, that's what they do. These uh, midweek games, they've benefited schools like Louisville, Boise State. I could probably make a, a, good, mm-hmm. a good list that would get toward a dozen. Are there schools who want to get in on this but are unable to? Is there a have and a have not in this situation, or is it an equal opportunity? Um, well, you, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't have a, I don't have a list of those schools, but sure, I, there, there are always going to be haves and have nots when you have as many schools, uh, you know, vying for that. You, 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 you have to be playing pretty well, or you have to have some sort of promise that you have uh, a great team or, 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 or a rising team. You know, uh, they're not going to put a you know a clunker in eight o'clock on Thursday night, uh, or similar times during the week. They want good games, and you know, as we showed, uh, you know, uh, to an extent, they will try to matchmake those games. They, they don't matchmake every one every one of them, but these alternate night games are these games are decided well in advance of the season, uh, not uh, not in the six to twelve day uh, time period. So you know they're, t- they're making a bet that these teams will be these teams will, will create good matchups. So you, you know you you, you want to be a good team, a good team on the rise, uh, in order for ESPN to notice you and and put you in a prime time spot. This, these are important slots for colleges to reach alumni, you know, uh, you know, recruits and their fans across the country. You know, one thing we didn't get into a lot of in the, in the story is how ESPN3 has transformed things to the point where, you know, you have a broadband network that uh, has unlimited uh, space as opposed to a 24-7 uh, linear network. And a lot of, there are some schools who are actually paying to produce to be on ESPN3, whether it's football or, or other sports that don't get noticed. Uh, years ago, uh, two years ago, uh, when after VCU went to the Final Four, uh, the athletic department of VCU said, hey, seven of our games next year aren't going to be on any ESPN TV network. Let's get it on ESPN3. So they spent like three or $4,000 a game to produce and transmit, and you know, they, they, were, they, had, a, they had national exposure. ESPN3 is, is a great place to add national exposure, and ESPN is, is really, really pumping that to the colleges now. Well, even the individual teams, the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball are now exploring their own broadband possibilities. It's pretty, pretty fascinating when you really think about it. Yeah, but, but certainly, you know, individual pro sports don't have as many teams uh, to satisfy for, for, for a network to satisfy with exposure. Uh, and you could say baseball is really overexposed because of all the local, between the locals and all the national packages, but you get, you know, uh, all the college basketball uh, schools, all the college football schools, all the conferences. It's a lot of games, a lot of schools, and a lot of games that, you know, certainly back when they ESPN just had ESPN and one and two, they, uh, they didn't have room for everything. And even after ESPN U started in 05, they didn't have room for everything. ESPN3 has really, really opened things up. Now you get all sorts of pro and 
uh, college and international games there. Uh, you know, they spread out Wimbledon on there, so you know you 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 can see more than you've ever seen before. It's a great, it's ESPN has routinely been ahead of its competition in technology, among other things. Richard Sandemir from the New York Times with us uh, here. He has collaborated with James Andrew Miller and Steve Etter on this uh, three-part series, which I find totally fascinating. Sometimes, uh, uh, Richard, when you get into a, an, an in-depth, long-term piece like this, it can take you different directions. Now that it's all said and done and in print, um, what was your or maybe the group's takeaway from this work? What, what do you leave the work with and, and move forward with? We leave the work with... <laughs> knowing how much we left on the cutting room floor and how many other stories we'd like to do. Uh, but you're right, you know, in, in, in the course of a year, uh, our focus changed. You know, we, we, we were always looking for the best possible story, the best way to understand ESPN's power and influence. And the information seemed to be, you know, taking us towards, towards college football, Although part three is only partly about college football, it's more about how ESPN has protected itself in Washington, and uh, and how it's uh, you know how if anybody remembers back in '04 when the FCC chairman Michael Powell uh, was a guest on, on on halftime talking about the conversion to digital TV. Well, there's a reason behind that kind of incongruous 90-second interview with Michelle Tafoya. He was there because. Uh, the FCC was in the throes of deciding whether it would uh, have a report about uh, favoring or against a la carte, uh, uh, in a la carte cable. And it uh, turns out a month after that uh, appearance, the FCC came out with a report against a la carte, saying it would cut the diversity of channels and it would uh, raise costs. So, um, you know, ESPN, and, you know, with its owner Disney, plays the Washington game as, you know, as well as virtually any company that you that you would assume has a big lobby a big pharma big uh, big tobacco but i don't think i don't think readers or fans generally think of espn as having a lobbying operation well they yeah, through disney they certainly do richard sandemir for the new york times our guest and uh if you are a fan or take interest in the business of sports we highly recommend uh, this series to uh to you our listeners so richard thank you very much i know that you've been very busy and I appreciate you giving us uh, even more insight in the background of this three-part series and uh, wish you all the best as we start the college football season tomorrow night. Good stuff, Sean. When we come back, we will turn our attention back to the Pelicans and check in with head coach Monty Williams, who is in Africa with the Basketball Without Borders programs. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. 
Sure, other fans are hungry for a win. But here in New Orleans, we make sure that you're well fed too. With tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. Loving the Saints is like the freshness of Cane's. All day, no quit. The Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. The offseason for your New Orleans Pelicans has been exciting with all-star Drew Holiday and former Rookie of the Year Tyreek Evans being added to a lineup headlined by Anthony Davis and Ryan Anderson. Now, with the release of half-season and 12-game plans at varying price levels, there truly is a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $13 per game and feature the best seat locations to see all-star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today. Chicks dig the long ball. Gordon, right of the key, crossover dribble to the top of the key, shoots off the glass and in. He was fouled, and it's a possible three-point play. Now, back to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the best of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salerson. Right now, Pelicans head coach Monty Williams is in Africa participating in the Basketball Without Borders program. The program is the NBA and FIBA's global basketball development and community outreach program that aims to create positive social change in the areas of education, health, and wellness. Since its inception in 2001, the NBA and FIBA have staged 34 Basketball Without Borders camps in 20 cities in 17 countries on five continents. Over 60 players from 25 countries will travel over 100,000 kilometers from all corners of the continent for the four-day basketball camp. The players aged 17 or under were selected by FIBA, the NBA, and participating federations based on their basketball skills, leadership abilities, and dedication to the sport. On Thursday, Rob Nice checked in with Coach Williams from Johannesburg, Africa. On the Pelican side, we have something very cool going on. Every summer, the uh, the NBA, they have the Basketball Without Borders program where they go all over the world, and we are pleased and proud to represent uh, the New Orleans Pelicans in Africa right now. We have head coach Monty Williams in Johannesburg right now. Coach, what's going on? I'm doing well, Rob. I'm having a blast over here in Africa, and um, I miss my, my team for sure, and I miss New Orleans, but we're having a good time over here running some camps and, and also being influenced by some awesome people here in Africa. Now, Coach, if I can ask uh, your first initial thoughts, you're always a person that, that takes in uh, wherever you go, and, and, and sometimes you look for the blessing and the lesson that you can find when you go to, to new places and experience new things. What was your first initial reaction when heading and landing in Africa and, and conducting your first camp? Well, the first time I came here, I was impacted by – the Apartheid Museum, and uh, not only the story of Nelson Mandela's plight, but the, the plight of these people and their ability to forgive all of the uh, atrocities that happened here in South Africa. And uh, even though this is a basketball trip, I can't help but think about what went on in my lifetime in a country that was 15 hours away as far as flying here. So from that standpoint, you know, your heart goes out to this nation. And at the time, you're excited about where they're going. Having come here for five times, uh, five minutes, uh, I've seen nation grow, and I've seen people, I've seen young people. Uh, they just look better and better every time you come 
over here more and more this city is starting to look like Johannesburg is starting to look like a thriving metropolis and they have a ways to go but they'll tell you that they've come a long way very good now we understand that that Alfa Rucamino has been playing some summer ball and his team is doing pretty well can you talk about his his performances and uh as much as you're familiar with him being on the court this summer yeah he's had a really good summer um He's one of the guys that put in a ton of work after the season. You know, he took three weeks off, as did all of our guys, and he came in for the five-week session that we had. He really changed his shot. Um, we were excited to sign him in free agency, and uh, he's continued that by playing well over with his national team. Very good, Coach. And uh, speaking of returning players, if Al Farouk is, is, is back, uh, can you talk about the return of Lance Thomas and, and – the, the impact that he's going to have returning to the team? Well, Lance is a guy who's always fighting for spot and uh, set the tone for us as far as work is concerned. And he's gotten better from the time we signed him now to almost three years ago. Now, at night, day, he's gotten better um, increasingly more and more each year because he works at it. Uh, he's diligent. He's a tough guy. And um, our fans, you know, they, they can root for a guy like that. He came from the D League and kind of found a niche by just working his butt off. Very good, Coach. Uh, now, can you describe some of the things that you're going to be doing out in Africa during the, the, the Basketball Without Borders tour? Well, we've had a chance to run some camps, uh, some skill sessions with kids. We just got finished working with Special Olympics. Um, we're going to go to some orphanages and deal with some families in need. Uh, I'm, I'm so blessed to have my wife here, and she's got, had a chance to do a lot of this stuff with me. And uh, Basketball Without Borders, the program itself, makes it really easy for people like me to look good. To be honest with you, I'm not doing that much. I just kind of go where they tell me to go and just do my thing and get back on the bus. But these people are amazing. The amount of work they put in to make this program work is is unreal, and it's why I think the NBA is having a global impact like no other sport in the world. And, and I think the team the, this summer with, with – uh, I've seen you in Vegas a couple of times, not only for Summer League but with Team USA, and now uh, representing the organization in, in Africa. What does that say about the summer that we've had from uh, maybe one summer not necessarily participating in, in all of these avenues, but now – you're an assistant coach with Team USA, and, and now in Africa. Uh, what does that say as to how encouraged the fans should be that the NBA is recognizing that the New Orleans Pelicans organization should be a part of these types of events? Well, for me, it's just it, it epitomizes what God can do anywhere he wants to do it. I mean, I, when I first got there, everybody told me what we couldn't do in New Orleans, and by God's grace, we've been able to do some pretty cool things. We've got some really good guys on our team that can play. Um, I've been able to do some things that I don't deserve as far as being on USA, Team USA. And uh, our fans should be excited. But we have a ways to go. And I know you know I'm going to go back to the work that's needed for us to get to where we, we eventually want to be. Um, I like all this, this stuff that we're doing. But I want to be... Uh, contending for a championship someday, and that's my goal, and that's one of the reasons why I came to New Orleans. 
All right. Well, Coach, we thank you so very much for taking time all the way from Africa and calling into the Black and Blue Report. And I didn't get one in Vegas, but I, I would really appreciate a keychain from Africa. That's from a long way if you have time to get one. <laughs> it may be made out of wood or something, but I'll take it. <laughs> you know, my list is so long, brother. I think I'm just going to stick to my family, bring them something back, and that way I won't disappoint anybody outside of my home, man. <laughs> Sounds good, Coach. Well, safe travels. Enjoy your stay, and we'll see you when you touch back down in the Crescent City. All right, brother. I appreciate it. Tell everybody that I said hello. We will. Thanks a lot, Coach. Awesome. Nice to see the Pelicans represented at Basketball Without Borders. Monty is not the only Pelican there in Africa. Pelicans head athletic trainer John Ishup is there as well. When we come back, I'll get you set for another great week on the Black and Blue Report. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light, for the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, New Orleans Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new Black and Gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning Black and Gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your Black and Gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. What do you say to someone whose heart is on the line? That at Auctioner, an entire team of experts will collaborate to develop the best treatment for you? That we have procedures so revolutionary they aren't available anywhere else in the region, including breakthrough ways to more effectively manage heart failure and repair heart valves? That U.S. News & World Report ranks Auctioner Medical Center's heart program among the nation's very best? Or that with over 170 heart experts and seven hospitals to choose from, the exceptional cardiac care you need is always close to home? Actually, the most important thing to say is... Your results are back. Everything looks great. Better outcomes. Just one more reason to choose Auctioner. To find a heart specialist near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com. Your first stop when following your teams. Next week should be a great week on the show as we will get you ready for opening weekend in the NFL. The Saints, of course, have their home opener against NFC South rival Atlanta. And as we do every time leading up to the game, Jim Henderson will join us. We'll have no show on Monday due to the Labor Day holiday, but we'll be back on Tuesday with Sean Kelly as your host. Don't forget, you can download each show on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report, and you can also listen to each show on your Saints mobile app, and of course, you can always listen on PelicansandNewOrleansSaints.com. Hope everyone enjoyed this weekend's best of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salerson. Have a safe and happy Labor Day weekend. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report.
If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 1 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.